Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you have never been to church, walked away from church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Right now, big things are going on at Collective as we are finishing the work on our own 24-7 space with the plan to be open by Easter. Until then, you can continue to check us out on Facebook at My Collective Church on Sunday mornings at 9.25 a.m. for Collective Online. We'd love for you to join us. God is moving at Collective and in the city of Frederick, so stay tuned so you can be up to date on what's going on and how you can be involved with what's next at Collective. Now, let's get into today's message. So I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. In fact, if you go to my profile right now, you'll see that the only playlist I follow has 124 different videos of songs from Frozen that Harper watches while she drinks her bottle before she goes to bed. But if I do ever go to YouTube, it's for two things. Videos from the channel People Are Awesome, like the clips we use for our bumper video, and fail videos. Don't judge me, but one of my favorite things on the internet are fail videos. I don't know why, but I love watching videos of people attempting to cut their own hair only for it to backfire. Or videos of people trying to skateboard even though they've never done it before in their life. Or videos where animals attack and scare the crap out of people. Or videos of clumsy people just tripping and falling over nothing. Or toddlers in the snow. Now, I don't know why I love them so much, but I do. A few years ago, People Are Awesome teamed up with Fail Army to put out videos of wins and fails. So what they do is they'll have a video of someone doing an amazing feat followed by someone failing at the same thing. And this only made my love of both of those YouTube accounts grow. In the most basic sense, this is what this sermon series is all about. Think about it. You can be awesome. You can own your growth. You can put in the work. You can fail, but keep trying until you get better. You can surround yourself with the right people to teach you and encourage you, or you can wing it. You can wing it and see what happens and end up like so many people on Fail Army. Either way, you get to choose. So to kick off the year, we jumped into a series called How to Win. And we're not talking about winning a championship and holding up a trophy, because when you win in your marriage, there are no trophies. When you win in your faith, there are no trophies. When you win in your finances, there are no trophies. It's not about trophies. It's about having the best life possible. A John 10:10 life where Jesus promises that if we trust and follow him, we will live life to the fullest. And that is what we want to help you do. We want to help you win in 2021. This is why we're starting new pop-up collectives this month. We don't just want to challenge you to grow and take next steps. We want to walk alongside you. We want to help you with your finances and help you get out of debt. That's why we're starting Financial Peace University on February 1st. We want to help you get connected to collective and take your next step. That's why we're hosting next on the 23rd or the 25th. We want to help you get healthier and develop rhythms of prayer and rest in your life. That's why we're hosting a yoga and prayer collective on Tuesday mornings. And this is why we're doing this sermon series. We want to help you win. And today we're talking about how to win in your health. For the past five years, I've been mentored by a pastor who leads a church in Elkridge called Mosaic. 
And multiple times a year, we get together to talk about preaching and church and life. In fact, Carl and Mosaic were the ones who encouraged us to reach out to the Westview Business Park when looking for a space and helped us get connected to this building before signing the lease. And when we get together, Carl will always ask me, how is your heart, soul, strength, and mind? And this comes from the Bible. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 6, it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This is called the Shema. The Shema is the most important part of the prayer service in Judaism. And it's typically recited multiple times a day by people who are part of the Jewish faith. But check this out. Later on in Mark 12, Jesus quotes the Shema. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So when Carl asks me this, what he is asking is, are you healthy? How is your heart? How is your mind? How is your soul? Are you doing well in the important areas of your life? Are you growing? Are you hitting any rough patches that I can help you with? How are you doing? And I'm sure that when I said that we were talking about how to win in your health, or you saw the title of the message on Facebook, you probably immediately thought we we're going to talk about our physical health. But that isn't the only aspect of your life that can be unhealthy. In fact, I know a lot of people that are physically healthy, but have an unhealthy heart. I know a lot of people that are spiritually healthy, but have an unhealthy mind. I know a lot of people that are mentally healthy, but are unhealthy physically. So today isn't just about your physical health. Today is about all four of these areas of your life. So let me ask you, how is your heart? How is your soul? How is your strength? How is your mind? And so today is going to be very practical. We're going to talk about our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And I'm going to share a few verses from the Bible about each. And then I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I want you to wrestle with these questions this week. So I strongly encourage you to take notes, get out a notebook, take screenshots, or make a plan to go back through this again this week on YouTube or the podcast in order to figure out what small steps you need to take this year to have a big impact on your life. So let's start with our heart. How is your heart? I'm not talking about your biological heart, but your heart, your emotions, your conscience, your morals. Luke 6 says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Jesus teaches that one of the ways that we check our hearts is by looking at what we say. A good heart produces good things and in turn produces good words. A bad heart produces bad things and in turn produces bad words. A good heart speaks grace and kindness and encouragement. A bad heart speaks hatred and anger and gossip. So how is your heart? A few weeks ago, I was walking into Starbucks to pick up a mobile order. And as I was walking through the parking lot, I noticed that the guy leaving the drive-thru wasn't slowing down or stopping to let me cross the parking lot. So I stopped walking. When we finally made eye contact, I started to walk again, but he didn't stop driving his car or even slow down. And this made me so mad. I just wanted to be able to walk through the parking lot without having to worry about being hit. 
So when I walked by his car, I noticed that his window was rolled down. So I decided to give him a piece of my mind and it wasn't nice. And then he yelled back. Then I yelled some more and you don't need to worry about what was said because I'm not proud of how angry I was in that moment. Eventually I got my drink and went to my car and called Ray to tell her what had happened and how frustrated I was. And she asked me, are you okay? She wasn't asking me if the altercation with the guy had hurt me in some way. She was asking me if my heart was okay because she knows me well enough to know that if I am at the point of yelling at strangers in a parking lot, I am not well. And my response to that situation was clearly a sign that my heart was in an unhealthy place. And it was. I was having a hard week because of work and this building is stressing me out. I was dealing with some harsh criticism that caught me off guard and hit me really hard. I felt like I was only consuming negativity and that was the overflow of my heart. I wasn't putting good in and the result was that the words flowing from my heart were full of frustration and anger and just plain mean. So here are a few questions to ask yourself when it comes to the health of your heart. You should write these down. So how is your heart? What positive and good things are you putting into your life so that the overflow of your heart is good? What are you filling your heart with? And what are the words that you are saying? Do your words encourage people and are they full of grace? Or are your words full of complaints and anger and attempts to bring other people down? How is your heart? And what small step can you take in 2021? Number two, how is your soul? Another way to ask this is, how is your faith and your relationship with Jesus? Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If your soul feels heavy, if you are struggling with your faith, if your soul is unhealthy, Jesus says to come to him. And what this looks like practically are spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are small things that you can do every day to be connected to God. And here are just a few. Reading your Bible, setting aside time to pray every day, journaling and writing down how you're seeing God move in your daily life, spending time in a community, serving others. And there are a ton more but if your soul feels unhealthy, the best thing to do is seek out more consistent time with God, to learn from him, to create opportunities to follow his lead. And when you do that, you will find rest for your soul and your soul will become healthier. And trust me, I know that when you're struggling with your faith, the natural response isn't to pursue God more, but to walk away. I see this all the time. People who are struggling with their doubts, people who are praying, but their prayers are going unanswered. People who are struggling to reconcile God's teaching with the way that they feel, or with what society says is good and true. Instead of going to God and pursuing a healthier soul, they seek out God less. They leave church, they leave their community and it never works. They never find what their soul is looking for. Instead, they continue to live in a place of turmoil as they pursue relationships, substances, fads, you name it. 
and hopes that something finally gives them rest for their souls, but it never works. You will never grow closer to God while spending less time on your faith. You will never find rest for your soul away from God. Jeremiah 29 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Deuteronomy 4 says, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. If your soul is unhealthy, spend time this week on your spiritual disciplines and you will find rest for your soul. And if you are not a follower of Jesus and your soul feels heavy burdened, or you feel tired from seeking out the things in this world that have only left you unsatisfied, or you simply are just looking for some rest. Please know that Jesus wants to carry the weight that is pressing down on your shoulders. Jesus wants your pain. Jesus wants your brokenness. Jesus wants your sin. He wants everything because he wants you, because he loves you. And with no strings attached, he will take your burdens from you and he will give you rest. And all you have to do is accept that free gift and let him be the leader of your life. The way that we celebrate that decision at Collective is through baptism. And if you're ready to take that step, check the baptism box in your connection card and we'll call you this week to talk with you about what it means to follow Jesus. So here are a few questions about this. How is your soul? Are you seeking out God more? What spiritual disciplines do you need to start this year so that you can have a healthier soul? What next step do you need to take at Collective that we can help with? And should you get baptized? Should you join the team in order to serve others? Should you join a Collective and get in community? How is your soul? And what small steps should you take in 2021? Number three. How is your strength? And this is your physical health. And I'm not going to lie. I don't really like this topic because I don't think I have the right to talk to people about their physical health in any way. I don't exercise the way I should. I don't get enough sleep. I don't eat well. So as I talk through this next part, please know that I'm preaching to myself and you're just getting a chance to listen. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, for years, people have twisted and distorted this verse to fit their agenda of how they want Christians to dress and look. In fact, I've personally had people quote this verse to me because they disagree with me having tattoos. But that's not what Paul is saying. And Paul didn't write this verse because he believes that Christians shouldn't have tattoos or piercing and that we should only wear wrist and ankle length beige clothing. In fact, this verse is actually about sexual immorality and how sexual sin hurts your own body. And Paul is telling the church in Corinth to treat your body with honor and reverence in the same way that God teaches. But what Paul is doing is he is comparing our bodies to the temple you see, before Jesus, the temple was the holy place where the spirit of God resided. But after Jesus came to live and die on a cross for our sins, one of the things he did was he left us with the Holy Spirit. So once you follow Jesus and get baptized, the spirit of God comes to live inside of you. The Holy Spirit is God in us. So it's no longer about a temple that you have to get permission to enter in order to be in God's presence. God's presence is in us. 
So we are the temple. And so the point is, a Christian's body is where the spirit of God resides. So we should treat our bodies that way. We should treat our bodies like a holy place. We should treat our bodies with respect. We should treat our bodies with honor. So here are a few questions about this. How is your strength? Are you treating your body as a temple, as a place where God's spirit resides? What habits do you need to start so you can become healthier physically? Do you need to work on your diet? Do you need to prioritize sleep? Do you need to exercise regularly? How is your strength and what small step can you take in 2021? Now, the fourth thing is how is your mind? Let's go back to the verses that I read at the beginning of this message. Deuteronomy 6, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And Mark 12, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Did you notice the difference between these two? Outside of the fact that the first verse is from the Old Testament and from God spoken through Moses, and the second verse is from the New Testament spoken by Jesus. The difference is that Jesus adds the phrase, all your mind. And we don't know why he did this, but I like to think it's because Jesus wants to make sure that we don't check our brains at the door, that following him isn't a mindless endeavor and we should ask questions and seek out truth, that our minds matter and our mental health matters. And there are a lot of things that go into having a healthy mind, but I wanna focus on a recent study that came out that blew me away. Each year, since 2001, Gallup has asked Americans as part of its November health and healthcare survey to say whether their own mental or emotional well-being is excellent, good, fair, or poor. And Gallup is a non-Christian organization that focuses on analytics and public opinion polls. They've been doing this for over 80 years. And when they did the study in November of 2020, 34% of people said that their mental health was excellent. This was down from 43% in 2019, hashtag COVID. The study showed that although the majority of US adults continue to rate their mental health as excellent or good, with 34% claiming excellent and 42% claiming good, and far fewer say it's only fair, 18%, or poor, 5%, the latest ratings are eight points lower than Gallup has measured in any year prior. In fact, since 2001, the reading for those rating their mental health as excellent or good ranged from 81 to 89% until last year's 76%, it's the lowest it's ever been. So mental health right now is at its lowest point in the past 19 years. And Gallup concluded that the latest weakening and positive ratings are undoubtedly influenced by the coronavirus pandemic, which continues to have a profoundly disruptive quality in people's lives but it may also reflect views on the election or the state of race relations, both of which run Americans' minds this year. And all this makes sense, right? You probably could have guessed this on your own. I don't have to read this study for you to understand that. But here's what stood out the most in the study. Those with the greatest ratings of mental well-being were attendance of weekly religious services. 
People who attend church every week, whether online or in person, were the only subgroup to report a rise in their mental health from 42% to 46% reporting that their psyche was in excellent shape. In fact, out of all the subgroups, including gender, ethnicity, marital status, political affiliation, income, and age, frequent churchgoers were the only group to report a rise in their mental health this year compared to the year before. The next closest were Democrats, and they still went down a percentage point. Now, the Gallup data shows individuals placing a greater value in religion illustrated a higher mental well-being as opposed to those who don't. 81% of people who attend church weekly said their mental health was excellent or good. Going even deeper than that, people who attend church once a month or less reported that their mental health dropped by 12% compared to last year. Do you understand what I'm saying here? If you want to work on your mental health in 2021, one small step that you can take is regularly attend church. Not once a month, not when you don't go out on Saturday night, not when football season is over, every week. And listen, I don't know all the factors that went into people rating their mental health in this poll. And going to church regularly doesn't replace the need for counseling or even taking medicine when needed. That's not what the study says or even suggests. What the study simply states is that people who attend church weekly rate their own mental health higher than people who don't. And countless studies support this as fact. East Tennessee therapist Allison Efferson was quoted in regard to this article, and she said, faith is hope that there's a future and science bears that out. Columbia University psychologist Lisa Miller found in 2014 that spirituality and religion can act as psychic armor to protect individuals from depression by thickening the brain cortex. Three years prior, Miller found that among adults who reported a high importance on religion and spirituality, 76% were less likely to suffer from a major depressive episode, even when their parents had depression, therefore making their risk higher. So one small step this year that can have a big impact on your mental health is to make church on Sunday mornings a priority, not just YouTube and podcast. Those are good, but they're not the same because it lacks community. And one way that Collective is going to help make this easier is that in February, we're changing our Sunday service time to 10.30 a.m. as we prepare to be back in person in March. Now, there's still a lot of details that we need to work through, and we're going to watch the COVID numbers closely. But we know that it's harder for people to connect while we're online. So we're going to create opportunities for people to watch online who want to stay home and for people to watch in person and to serve others regularly. More details will come this month, so make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned. So how is your mind? Is mental health a priority for you? What questions or doubts do you have about faith that sh you should be pursuing so you can love God with your mind? What can you do this year to make church a priority every Sunday? Are you engaging online or should you consider joining us in person this March? How is your mind and what small step can you take in 2021? So let me ask you again, how is your heart? How is your soul? 
How is your strength? How is your mind? And what small steps do you need to take this year to help them become healthier? All are important and all will help you live the life that Jesus wants you to live. Let's pray. God, as we approach this year, God, as we specifically look at 2021 as a year that we want to be different than last and different than many others, God, I, I pray that we have the courage to take one small step forward. God, that we, we stop watching today and we immediately try to figure out how do I work on my soul? How, how do I work on my heart? How do I work on my strength? How do I work on my mind? God, because we know the Bible is full of ways that we can check ourselves to make sure that we're healthy. God, you teach us what we should be putting into our lives so we can get good out. But sometimes it's hard. God, sometimes we have pain. Sometimes we're just surrounded by negativity. So God, help us figure out what small thing that we can do this year to be healthier. God, ultimately, what we really want is peace. What we really want is rest. What we really want is goodness. What we really want is hope and joy. And God, what we've learned last year and what we're learning right now is that doesn't come from any other place but you. So I pray that as people wrestle with their next step, as they, they wrestle with one small thing that they can do this year, God, I pray that the result of that is more of you in their life and more of the goodness that you bring. God, help us feel that this week. Um, help us be successful. Help us be motivated. Um, God, help us when we fail, have people to pick us back up as we try to have a better 2021. God, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.